All right, everybody. Hello and welcome back to the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're back from our nice little short hiatus. Uh, honestly, it uh, didn't feel like it was all that long, if I'm being real honest with you. But uh, we're back here with episode number 82, and uh, we're starting the 2023 NFL season. So um, for this episode, uh, just kind of a, a quick reminder for everybody at home. Uh, we have now entered the uh, off-season portion of our podcast, so we record every two weeks uh, instead of the weekly format, and we still release on the uh, the Wednesdays as per usual. So uh, this one we're actually recording on the Wednesday for our March 8th, uh, 8th episode, and uh, we're going to be looking at a little bit of uh, free agency matchmaker and uh, some of the news that uh, we've been uh, been handed, I guess, the last little bit. But uh, before we get started here, we'll say hello to everybody, and uh, we'll get the uh, podcast back up and rolling for the 2023 season. So, uh, Zach, uh, how's things been treating you in Saskatoon? And I guess, uh, how'd you enjoy the, uh, what's like, what, three weeks off, roughly? Yeah, it's been it's been a little while, for sure. Uh, it's been good. Life's been good. Uh Nothing, nothing too special to uh, make note of, but life's been good. Right on, arm and elbow yourself. I know basketball's been done for you, but I imagine the school's getting pretty, uh, pretty ready to go with hoopla hosting and whatnot. But how's how's things been for you with a little bit of a break we had? Oh, you know, it's it's been good. Been able to spend time with family, especially with basketball being done too. Uh, so, um, not being doing the podcast for three weeks and basketball being done, got a lot of quality time with the family, which has been awesome. We unfortunately had croup go through the house uh, last week, so um, that was fun to deal with kids coughing all day and all night long. But uh, you know, it is what it is. That's parenthood, man. Like uh, you're gonna you're gonna have to get used to it yourself pretty soon here. Yeah. Um, with that being said as well, with three weeks to prepare for this episode, uh, I'm probably the least prepared that I have been for an episode in a long time. So <laughs> I'm going to say, don't expect a world lighting on fire analyst analysis here today, but I promise to entertain you guys. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been nice. Like I said, it didn't, didn't feel like it was three weeks, but like that time went quick. We had the we had the break there for a bit and then uh like the actual like school break and classes in there in the mix there and it's gonna be knock on knock on the door pretty quick and we'll be uh you know like Armin said fatherhood's gonna be coming around the corner so soaking up this last little bit with uh with my wife before before it won't just be the two of us for the foreseeable future but um, how many weeks out are you guys now uh april 28th so i week wise i think we end up having what seven weeks left or something like that but yeah it's it's around the corner it's that it's coming quick so oh we we got a new baby monitor a two camera system because we got two kids now right yeah and i'm excited to try it out we we got it yesterday we're setting it up tonight to to try it out for the first time i'll let you know i'll let you know all the nitty gritties about this one jordan because i'm excited for it it has 360 degree remote you can turn it around the camera oh, 360 right. degrees from must be nice from to be a shower your coat. Day. it was a gift for my parents so uh shower gift for for the second baby so i'm excited and it's even got nighttime color that's how you know we're getting old eh? we're just pumped about like baby monitors and stuff (laughs) five five years ago not quite the not quite the same conversation but look at us go yeah the Um, big electronic buy baby monitor five years ago ps3 or four whatever was out at that point yeah hashtag not a sponsor uh getting back into things here uh we are like i said starting the 2023 season 
And uh, honestly, for, for most of us, um, for a lot of fantasy people, this is kind of the downtime and you have the the handful of months before her draft season comes around, like the actual fantasy draft. But for, for I definitely for us here, and, and if you're listening at home, I can imagine you're sharing the same sentiment as us, but this is a really exciting time for, for football and fantasy managers, especially if you're in Dynasty. We've had the NFL Combine uh, this past weekend, and uh, this time leading up here uh, until the uh, end of April, we have the uh, the NFL draft coming up. So this is this is a fun time for us to not only start figuring out some free agent landing spots and figuring out some of the holes that our, our favorite teams have and trying to fill those holes in free agency. And then if those teams don't do that in that period, we can start transitioning into the draft period and trying to patch those holes up with the upcoming rookie rookie class. So this is a lot of fun. Uh, we, we talked about before. This time of year, we start to do a lot of, um, you know, game show type things and interactive activities with the people at home. So this is a lot of fun for not only us, the podcast, but for everybody at home as well, too. So um, before we get going, we'll get the 22 fresh quick question of the week. And uh, this question we're going to do is, who is a player that you think their situation is going to get a lot better based on free agency? So a few free agency tidbits are out there right now. Uh, we don't know everything, obviously, because free agency hasn't officially opened until March 15th. Uh, but we have some rumors and some franchise tags and stuff that's happened. But uh, we'll start with Zach on this one. So, Zach, who's somebody that, based on uh, their their potential situation, I guess, uh, on, on free agency, who do you think is uh, has you know uh, uh, like a really good opportunity coming up this upcoming year? Well, initially, my answer was going to be Tony Pollard, but we found out a day or two ago that he was franchised by the Cowboys. So I had to pivot, and my player that I think might make a jump based on free agency is uh, running back Kenny Gainwell. Um, Now, this one isn't set in stone because in about a month and a half, the draft is going to be coming up, and the Eagles are in position to possibly take – one of the top or if not the top running backs in the class at the end of the first round. But I think if the, if the Eagles don't touch the, the backfield and Sanders uh, ends up signing elsewhere, uh, Kenny Gainwell is somebody that um, has shown the ability uh, to be efficient given uh, limited touches. And I'd be interested to see what he is capable of doing uh, when the backfield is his or when he has a, larger share of the backfield in Philadelphia. That's one where if you're in dynasty right now, they might be an interesting buy low candidate, but uh, I'm curious to see what you think. Well, this one's Zach, I've, I've seen some little bit, you know, Twitter's a dangerous place right now. If you're a fantasy, uh, <laughs> fantasy fan, because it's just the rumor mill, like nobody's business, but there's a little bit of tidbits out there that Derek Henry might be making a little pit stop in Philadelphia this upcoming season. Uh, obviously that would be a uh, your, your screeching halt to your Kenny Gainwell stock there but uh what do you what do you think about the rumors of that i uh i haven't seen that rumor i have seen rumors that the the titans are are shopping henry but um that one that one takes the uh certainly takes the wind out of the sails here on on old <laughs> kenny but uh that would be that'd be a really good landing spot for for uh for henry behind that big offensive line and with the russian quarterback um so that would be that'd be really interesting, and I would hate to be a team in the NFC East if that was the case. Yeah, yeah we've no seen doubt. we've seen this past year that uh, the fan, that whoever the running back is for that team, it's been it's been awesome to have them on your team. You know, Sanders had a good little stint there uh, when we were doing our DFS runs. Gainwell was a nice little treat with a lower 
a lower price point in DFS. So whoever, whoever ends up being that running back uh, in that backfield moving forward is going to be, you know, obviously somebody that's going to be highly drafted come draft season. But uh, Zach talking about Gainwell right now, if that's the guy and you can get him on a cheaper side, it might be worth the gamble in your, in your dynasty leagues trying to trying to scoop him up and, and you might have the RB one for, for a high powered offense moving into the 2023 season. Uh, Armand, who's the, uh, who's the guy that you're pretty interested in based on uh, the free agency uh, landing spots or, or the, you know, the possibility of free agency landing spots coming up here? Well, as a joke, I put Kenny Galladay because honestly, <laughs> like it can't get much worse than him in New York. I mean, even him, just if he doesn't end up getting signed by a team by the beginning of the year, he could still probably have a better season um, <laughs> if he gets like, like picked the, up like off in waivers. The CFL or the XFL, you mean? Or like yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but in reality, I, I'm excited for Rashad White going with another young RB here. And with Leonard Fournette being cut, um white is is clearly the guy that they they believe in in that backfield he stole Keyshawn Vaughn's role um as the the second RB2 in that offense and then slowly started stealing touches from Fernet as the season went further and further along he's really athletic second year as a pro RB he's a great pass catcher um they haven't utilized him as such yet but uh I think it'll be awesome and then also to put in mind here too is that um, Tampa Bay is is going away from Tom Brady to a young QB, whoever it may be in the end, whoever ends up being their QB. And um, you got to think they're going to use the run game a lot more than they did last year. So there's going to be more opportunity for White to, to rush the ball as well. So um, I'm excited to see see what happens for his season. Um, not expecting him to be like uh a world beater in that Tampa Bay offense that's going to be gutted and had a battle line already last year, but at least the opportunities are going to be there for him. Yeah, that's a name that I'm pretty interested in too. And, you know, you can't really necessarily say, oh, he's going to be part of a good offense because now no Tom Brady, we don't know who the quarterback is. Uh, there's going to be a lot of moving parts on that team in comparison to what we've seen Tampa Bay the last couple of years, but definitely somebody that was talked about big time this time last year. When it was talking about the rookie draft, the the rookie prospects, he was a name that was thrown on quite a bit on somebody that we were pretty interested in. And then the, the decent landing spot, but obviously with Fournette predominantly carrying the load there. But like you said, now we'll talk about it a little bit here, Fournette obviously moving on. They're going to be cutting him mm-hmm. on the March 15th date. Uh, he's going to be the lone back, so it's going to be his opportunity to to run with it. And we saw you know, late in the season, he he definitely emerged as a guy that – that um, was worth the draft capital, um, at least, you know, in the DFS line, I'm still where we were talking about. Well, and, and his touches too started to become more in high leverage situations. Like he had a, a game winning touchdown in that one game, I believe right near the end of the season, he was in the, on the field rather than in in-game than form, right? Was, right? What? With the winning in game for, for Tampa Bay win. And they, yeah. Division. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he was in and he, he scored that game winning touchdown. So, that just shows you like the front office, they believe in him and they want to give him the opportunity. Yeah. Um, mine, I've got two down here because it was a similar, similar idea, similar players and, um, and obviously similar arguments as well too. Um, I view one better than the other, but I view both as very good uh, wide receivers and they both had good rookie years. And uh, my two guys are Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. And I actually put these down even before the signing of New Orleans, which we'll get to shortly here. Uh, but I was excited about both of these because their situation was either going to 
stay the same or moderate, moderately get better or going to drastically get better. Uh, last year with Chris Olave, he had a really good year and it was with Andy Dalton. Uh, but <laughs> there's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that are better than Andy Dalton. And uh, obviously now knowing that New Orleans has locked up Derek Carr, uh, do I think that Chris Olave is going to be a top five wide receiver in the 2023 season? Not likely. But do I think he's going to be a wide receiver one? I think that's a strong possibility, especially seeing what Derek Carr has been able to do the past couple of years. Derek Carr is a top 15 quarterback, but very much on the bottom end of that scale. Uh, he's been able to, you know, keep offenses moving, but hasn't been, the, you know, the the top five quarterback in the NFL. Um, it, it could have got a lot worse for Chris Olave. Um, and in the same sentiment for Garrett Wilson, uh, we've seen what he had within the quarterback position. The best was the best quarterback he had for him was Mike White. Um, and we saw <laughs> Garrett Wilson be very, very successful. And now that, that we have this connection of possibly Aaron Rodgers, you know, there's the trade talks between Green Bay and the Jets right now. Uh, Garrett Wilson could be skyrocketing, and that could put Garrett Wilson in a position to be a top five wide receiver. We've seen Aaron Rodgers support a top five wide receiver many, many seasons throughout his very successful career. So, um, you know, we, we could have these trade talks completely plummet and then Garrett Wilson be going into the season with the very similar situation he had last year. Well, then it's going to stay the same and we're just going to hope it's Mike White and we're going to hope that we see those wide receiver one numbers continue. Uh, but those are two guys that I can see taking another step forward, but not necessarily a step back other than injury based on their uh, the free agency market with the quarterback. So two guys that I am pretty interested in, more or less Garrett Wilson, but there's still the uncertainty with Garrett Wilson, or at least with Chris Olave right now, we know what we're getting with uh, with Derek Carr. Yeah, I'm a little more excited about Olave because I know what his quarterback's going to be already. And you can say that like, his jump, if him and Wilson have the same season, identical seasons, Olave had a bigger jump than Wilson did because Wilson already put up an incredible season. Yeah, and like Garrett Wilson, would he finish as wide receiver? I don't have it in front of me. I think he, I think he finishes a wide receiver one. I think you're right. I'd, I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty sure you're right. If it wasn't wide receiver one, it was definitely a high-end wide receiver two, but he was a guy that had the boom weeks. You know, where Chris Olave was very consistent – uh, mixing a touchdown, it was it was a good week for him. But uh, Garrett Wilson had those big explosive multi-touchdown weeks where, you know, Aaron Rodgers is <laughs> very capable of of selecting one of those wide receivers and and really uh, hyper efficiently targeting that that player. Anybody find that uh, stat or <laughs> if you, if you wide receiver it? nineteen? Oh, there you go. So for Garrett Wilson, yeah. So wide receiver and wide receiver twenty five for Olave. Oh, there we go. So it's still very similar profile. And I think Olave missed some time too, did he not? I think so, yeah. Missed two games for a concussion, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, regardless, uh, some names that are definitely on the radar for this upcoming year. And and uh, I know I just traded Garrett Wilson away this last season, but it'd uh, be nice to get one of those young guys back on, back on the old dynasty team. But uh, we'll get it, ourselves into some insiders and headliners here. Uh, we've got a lot to take care of, so we'll try and go through it relatively quickly, especially some of the uh, the – the less important news. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I'm Ron Burgundy. Okay, so we got some releases and cuts to talk about franchise tags as well as some trades or some signings, I suppose, sorry. Um, but the first one we're going to talk about was Calvin Ridley being reinstated. 
Um, Zach, I know you've had this guy on your team for <laughs> in our dynasty league for for it seems like forever. But uh, the 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 wording of his suspension was he could be reinstated this season, but they could obviously prolong it for as as long as they see fit. Uh, so he had a meeting uh, for reinstatement, had applied for reinstatement, and uh, has officially now been reinstated into the NFL. So he will be with the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you don't remember, I don't blame you, but he was traded from Atlanta to Jacksonville. Uh, last season uh, so that Jacksonville Jaguar offense if if he looks anything what the hopes were for him before he was suspended that uh, that offense is going to get a significant boost so uh, dynasty values Zach is this a guy I know obviously you have him on your team so it might be the uh, maybe the right guy to ask I guess are you in a trade hold or pursue uh, for a Calvin Ridley I know he was he now 27 years old 28 years old at this point but is that a guy that you would like to be pursuing or uh, what would you be doing if you had him? You haven't seen him play football in a while, but I'm just curious on a possible value uh, check right now. Well, in order for me to give him up right now in Dynasty, I would need to be, I would need to be not overwhelmed, but I'd have to be impressed uh, by the offer. Um, if you have him, you've likely held on to him for, um, and in a large amount of time, I've had him. Uh, since prior to his injury two seasons ago. So I've had him for a while and, and I've been holding him uh, for this moment. So for me, I'd have to be blown away by the offer. Um, but if you can get him on the, on the cheap, I think that's a good, a good investment to make because prior to that injury, he was um, a wide receiver one. And this offense, I think is a lot better than the offense he had uh, previously in, in Atlanta with, with an aging Matt Ryan and an aging Julio Jones. Um, he'll be paired with Christian Kirk, who had a, a very um, unpronounced season. He, he finished his wide receiver 11 uh, in half point leagues uh, this past year. So um, he has a, a good running mate, not to mention Zay Jones, who was a top 30 receiver as well, and an ascending quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. So I think uh, his spot in that offense is going to be one where he doesn't have to be the target like he was in Atlanta. Um, there's enough mouse, or there's enough uh, yeah, mouse to feed to take attention away from himself. Yeah, 28 years old, turning 29 uh, towards uh, I think it's middle of December. Uh, so here's I'll throw one at you here, and I'll, and then we'll kind of move on. But um, if I was if you know relatively deeper draft class this year, especially with the running back position and some and some very strong wide receivers. Uh, let's say like um, a middle second round pick, early to middle second round pick. Would you keep Calvin Ridley, or would you take the 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 gamble on the the early second round pick? Yeah, that's not even not even thinking about that. No, it's got to decline. It's yeah. got to be a first rounder for Calvin Ridley. I would say so, um, especially in in one QB leagues for sure. Um, I think this draft class has three, maybe four, really good receivers, and then. Um, the running back class is going to be fascinating. I, I think um, this free agent class is super deep and uh, that could really change the running back landscape. And this running back class is deep, but really only one, um, maybe two um, premier talents, I think so far. So um, I don't think the value that you're going to get in the second round even comes close to what I'm hoping to get out of Calvin Ridley. Perfect. Just trying to get a little perspective for some of the people at home. Obviously, is a name we haven't been talking about for 
for what seems like quite a while, obviously other than negative news to like, you know, the injury and the suspension. So Brandon putting a little bit of, uh, you know, some a buzz around his name as, as it's a name that people will be talking about here, trying to get on the cheap side, possibly this off season. And then definitely a name that'll be drafted this upcoming, uh, upcoming fantasy season. Uh, going into some uh, some releases and cuts, we already talked about Kenny Galladay. Uh, he'll be released following the March 15th uh, start of the 2023 season uh, to save the team $6.7 million in cap space. Uh, are arguably going to go down as one of the worst contracts ever signed uh, by a franchise. I think it ended up being, um, I think it was around like somebody, uh, how did it work on a million dollars a catch or something like that, or $1.6 million a catch. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I'm a big Kenny G fan, but oh boy, was that, uh, that stop in, in the, in the Giants organization is going to be a tough one, uh, for the Giants fans to swallow. But Marcus Mayorda also released, I uh, was a quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. That's going to save them 12 million in cap space. Carson Wentz was released by the Washington Commanders. And then we kind of mentioned with Armin's, uh, uh, answer in the 22 fresh uh, quick question of the week we talked about Leonard Fournette and he will also be a March 15th cut as well too so that's where that's you know like like Armin said the Rashad White uh, hype is going to start to uh, move forward obviously following that that cut date um, the big one we got some big signings here but uh, I want to talk about the franchise tags first um, this one is going to be very fascinating and I think it's going to be interesting in the world of guaranteed money that quarterbacks are starting to uh, receive um, the Lamar Jackson situation. We weren't sure if he was going to make the, the, you know, the long-term deal. It sounded like he was looking for, I think it was 25 million or guaranteed over five years or something like that. Qu- correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, but what ended up happening was Baltimore signed into what's called a non-exclusive franchise tag. And how this works is, um, he'll either sign the franchise tag and play under the franchise tag deal, but it allows other teams and other organizations in the league to be able to offer him contracts and he can sign that contract, but the, uh, the Ravens are given an opportunity to match that contract or let him sign with that team. Now, say for example, let's say throw a team like the um, let's say Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers want to sign Lamar Jackson. They offer him, X contract. Now, if the contract is too much for the Ravens to sign or want to sign, they would receive two first round compensation back. A little bit risky, but what it does is it, it eliminates teams from giving those low ball offers and from them just signing and moving on from them because they can match that that said offer. Now, I, I don't want to give too much of this away, obviously, Zach, because I know this is going to talk about a little bit into your um into your PowerPoint we got moving here and your and your portion of the episode, but uh, Armin, do you think this is something that we're going to see more teams doing uh, in the sense of guaranteed money? Or is this, you know, like, like a gamble worth paying off for him? I'm curious what you think, not necessarily about the just Lamar aspect of where he's going to, because we'll talk about that. But what do you think about this whole, the non-exclusive franchise tag? The, the non-exclusive franchise tag or the guaranteed money that QBs want? Well, kind of I, I, guess, I guess in a sense of using the non-exclu- or non-exclusive franchise tag to try and avoid that guaranteed money contract, you know, those big cap loading QB contracts. Um, it's an, it's an interesting way to do it. And the Ravens do save a little bit of money too, because that franchise tag comes with a smaller price tag than if they signed them to an exclusive franchise tag. Um, I mean, it's, it's going to be a battle here in the next few years that you're going to see between definitely QBs, if not other skilled position players and, and teams trying to avoid 
um, paying those players the guaranteed deals. Um, but uh, I think that's the way that the the players are starting to go and the way what they want. And I, I think it's a uh, something that's even no matter what the 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 owners are trying to do to avoid these guaranteed deals they're going to become a reality and they're going to become a big part of the the deals moving forward i think no matter how hard they try to fight it that's a good point because i was going to mention too about the uh, you know the nflpa uh, has already filed grievances against the owners uh for the collusion and i don't think this situation is going to make it any easier because five teams that desperately need quarterbacks immediately we're like yeah no we have no interest in pursuing Lamar Jackson at this time which is like <laughs> that an NFL MVP for possibly a discounted deal based on how this you know non-exclusive a, a, franchise a discounted deal and yeah. you it pretty much you trade two first for him like two first that's like yeah. for, for Baltimore to lose him for two first like that's gonna have to be a massive contract like really like they yeah that's the thing like if he if Lamar accepts a deal it's gonna be obviously to his terms and then uh, Baltimore is going to decide whether or not they want to match that deal. And if they don't, they get two first when really if they would have just signed them and traded them, they would have got a massive haul back anyway. So it's an interesting yeah. situation that we'll continue to monitor and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more in, in our uh, segment upcoming here, but just something to obviously bring attention to. Um, well, and and when Deshaun what? Watson gets that guaranteed money, right. It kind of makes it hard to argue that other guys shouldn't be getting that guaranteed money. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns really sewered other NFL franchises. <laughs> yeah, quarterback contracts coming up. Like Justin Herbert's gonna be getting one shortly. Joe Burrow's gonna be getting one shortly. We got some big names that are gonna be due. I think Josh Allen, if the I I can't remember if he signed a, a big ticket deal recently or not, but we got some big name quarterbacks here that are gonna be due some big money. So it's gonna be very very fascinating to see how teams can maneuver this guaranteed contract scenario. A um, couple of the franchise tags, Zach mentioned Tony Pollard getting franchise tag. This one's going to be interesting to monitor because shortly before they franchise tag Tony Pollard, I read an article that was uh, talking about Jerry Jones and the uh, the Cowboys organization. And they said that, you know, um, we are definitely not opposed to taking a running back in the first round. Um, so now franchise tagging uh, Tony Pollard and then it ends up being, I think the report said $28 million in guaranteed money in the running back room, which is a, a large, large portion of the cap to be eaten by the running back position. So now is that mean Ezekiel Elliott's going to get cut and they're going to draft a first round pick. I've heard tons of rumors of Ezekiel Elliott possibly getting cut here to, uh, to save some money, but there's also, you know, the, the rumors that he'll just restructure the contract to stick around. So that way you can guarantee he gets more money than you would get in the free agency market. There's so many different aspects going around here, which will, You'll find more out as we progress closer to the March 15th deadline, but that's going to be an interesting one to follow because uh, there's a lot of money tied up in that organization to the running back position right now. Um, Evan Ingram signed the uh, franchise tag as well. The Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, the franchise tag is for tight ends is 11.345 million. Uh, so another weapon that's going to be helping Trevor Lawrence. And they have that nice little connection similar to that offense that Zach had mentioned at the top of the episode. When we were talking about Calvin Ridley. Uh, the Giants franchise tag Saquon Barkley, and then the Jack or sorry the um, Las Vegas Raiders franchise tag Josh Jacobs. Uh, going into some of our trades uh, and signs, we have no trades at this point, but it's going to start heating up a little bit. I can imagine once that March fifteenth date and uh, some draft picks start floating around. But uh, we've got the uh, Saints signing the big ticket deal for Derek Carr, which we mentioned four year, hundred fifty million. A hundred of that million is going to be guaranteed through. Uh, bonuses and signing bonuses and, and contract money. So 
but uh, Derek Carr set it up as a, you know, more of a friendly uh, guaranteed money deal to help out with the, uh, the cap space issues that the New Orleans saints are facing. Uh, Seahawks also signed their quarterback, Geno Smith to a three year, 105 million. This is a fun one because uh, obviously we said last year before the season started that Geno Smith was going to be walking away with 105 million. Uh, they, people <laughs> have been smoking something pretty crazy on this podcast. So uh, good for him for getting that money, obviously after a, a big year. And then Daniel Jones uh, settles for four year, 160 million with the, uh, with the giants. So uh, lots of, lots of things happening so far leading up to this. And like I said, once that March 15th hits, it's going to get a little bit more crazy, but uh, um, it's going to be a lot of fun. This is a good time of year and a lot of shifting for organizations for dynasty. You can buy load, sell high on these, these names ending up in new organizations and new scenarios and new situations. And you can spin the narrative for a lot of these to, you know, be able to, sell high on some of those players and capitalize on buy lows on other players. So it's gonna be a lot of fun for us moving forward here, but uh, we'll save some of that conversation for, for episodes to come as we, uh, as we set into our segment episode or our segment of the episode, sorry, free agent matchmaker. And we did this one for the first time last year, Zach set it up. And I still remember, um, I can't remember the name of who it was, but when it was like the options of choosing who it was, it was like, ah, Pittsburgh, Washington, Fox Sports. <laughs> oh man, I had a good little chuckle thinking about that the other day. But we'll get uh, we'll get this one going here. This is going to be a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this, and and if I remember correctly, we actually were uh, pretty accurate on on quite a few. Some of them we weren't even close, like not even not even sniffing it. But some of them we uh, we hit big. But uh, before we get started on this segment, just wanted to give a shout out uh, to some of our major sponsors, and you're going to hear throughout some of them uh, that sponsored our Super Bowl party. You're going to hear some of the, the sponsor reads for them this upcoming episodes as part of, you know, the their donations to the Super Bowl party. Uh, so the first one that we're going to take care of this episode is the uh, Bolt Supply House here in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Uh, and if you're unfamiliar what Bolt Supply House is, uh, it's, a, it's a business here in PA that sells well, bolts, obviously, Bolt Supply House. But uh, their slogan is, you know, much more than just bolts. Uh, you head down there. Uh, if you are into buying any sort of tools or anything you need, um, I know my, my brother-in-law, uh, down there, he'll hook you up. He'll set you up. I used to, I used to use, uh, DeWalt tools. He got me set up with Milwaukee red. And, uh, and if you're not familiar with me and then, you know, what I like to do, I'm, I'm a busy body. I'm always doing home renovations and building things. And, uh, I've made many trips down to Bolt Supply House. Uh, they got tools. They even hit, Hey, if you, this one's really cool. They now have the new battery powered Milwaukee lawnmower. And I went down the store and checked this thing out. It's pretty freaking cool, you guys. Like, it's really, really cool. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I've made mention several times to my wife. Hey, we got to go down and see this lawnmower. Like, it's pretty sweet. My brother-in-law's already getting one, the lucky bugger. So might have to uh, go down there and show my wife how easy it is to move this, uh, you know, battery-powered lawnmower that Bolt's Supply House has got. But uh, obviously, big thank you to Bolt's Supply House for, you know, for making the Super Bowl party happen. Uh, you know, helping us to create more money to charity. Uh, and obviously we're going to be doing the same thing again this upcoming year with a new charity this upcoming season. So thank you, Bolt Supply House. If you're in the area and you need, you know, bolts, screws, uh, tools, whatever it may have you, uh, find your way down to Bolt Supply House here in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Okay, let's uh, let's get the matchmaker going here, uh, Zach. What do you figure? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, so as you mentioned... Uh, we did this last year, and uh, the player that you mentioned that uh, Fox News was an option was uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And 
Uh, that was one of the ones that we got right. I think uh, I think he actually signed on with with Amazon for their for their uh, Thursday night package, but uh, we got the fact that he was going broadcast correct. So um, this is the 306 uh, second ever uh, free agency matchmaker, um, and how it's going to work is I will present the two of you with um, a player, and each of you can. Uh, I guess decide who you think that player will will sign with. I've provided you guys with three options um, that I think might make sense. But if you have a another team in mind, feel free to go off the board and uh, match them with another team that I haven't listed. So uh, we'll take turns going first. Uh, start with Armand, then we'll jump to Jordan. Okay. Ten four. Alrighty, so we'll be starting with the quarterbacks, and uh, I had a few more quarterbacks listed, but with the franchise tag and uh, car signing, we're we're only really down to two, and really of those two, one of them is Lamar Jackson, who we just talked about having signed that non-exclusive -ex uh, franchise tag, but um, I am of the belief that this or that tag could lead him signing somewhere else. So. I thought I'd include him in this. Uh, Lamar is 26 years old. And last year, he had a 63% completion percentage, uh, 2,200 passing yards, and 17 TDs through the air. Uh, he did miss several games at the end of the season. Uh, PFF has him predicted to receive a five-year, $260 million contract. So I thought possible landing spots would be Atlanta, they are certainly in need of a quarterback. Um, Detroit, they have two first-round picks uh, this year that would satisfy um, the, the compensation demands that the Ravens would get. And I think they have a very potent offense. They just need um, maybe a step up from Goff. And then last but not least, I have the Ravens as an option. So Armand, who do you think would be a good fit for Lamar? Well, you know what? I, I think people might see this as the easy answer here and <clears throat> the vanilla answer, but I'm I'm going with there's no place like home. He's going to stay with the Ravens. They're going to figure out a contract. He He's staying there longer than this year even is what I'm saying. So, yeah, Lamar Jackson this year and beyond, Raven. I uh, oh if honestly if if it didn't come out with those you know those those teams are oh well, we're out we're out we're out I, I would have been guessing uh Washington I think with um with uh, Niemi going over there uh, I think that's going to be a lot of fun that potential offense and he is going to have to turn that team around especially with how uh you know kind of Manila that offense was uh this past couple of years. And he's using that as a platform to possibly get himself a head coaching position and moving forward. So I really liked the idea of, of Washington. I thought that was going to be a really good fit there as well. Uh, but they were one of the teams that said, no, we're out. So um, it's a bit of a head scratcher for me still that, that you could be that confident that you don't want to pursue a, an MVP or a former <laughs> MVP quarterback. Um, but uh, <laughs> there's one of those ones. Am I thinking with my head or am I thinking with my heart here? Cause uh, like Zach said, Detroit has the, the capital and there's nothing. And, and and maybe tell me if I'm wrong here, Zach, but I was looking into a little bit of the, 
the negotiations and how this would work, but it's not, doesn't have to be the, the most, most recent upcoming first, like they can offer their 24, 25 first. Um, if I was the lions and doing so, I'd be maybe offering up that later first or, or doing the same thing, my 24, 25 first and really going for it this year and, and using those two first round picks to really go after it. But um, I think it would be a really good landing spot for that offense because they're going to be stacking up the defense. Uh, we've already seen the, the, the weapons that Detroit lions have, and that would be by far the most weapons that uh, Lamar Jackson has utilized in the past and if you look at the amount of touchdowns, especially red zone touchdowns that the Detroit Lions produced last season, so many of them came from that double tight end set. And obviously going back to Lamar Jackson history, we know that that connection he has with tight ends. So I think that would be a really, really good fit. It's just a matter of is that organization willing to give up that much guaranteed money? And they only have, I think, 25 million in cap space uh, going into 23 season. They can be creative with some cuts, uh, possibly some, uh, you know, we got some rookies coming in. So that's obviously a little bit of uh a lesser cap hit than going and signing some, some veterans. And then they're going to try and hopefully do that with some, with some of the defensive players. But um, I really want to say Detroit, that's thinking with my, my heart, but think of my head, I think going to go with Armin with yeah, going back to Baltimore. There's just the balls in their court, uh, that contract or whatever, whatever the contract team is going to sign them to, it has to be obviously matching what they're willing to get. And I think that uh, Lamar, if I think it was 250 million guaranteed over X amount of years, I can't remember exactly what the contract ended up being, uh, but it'd have to be in that range for another team to sign him for Baltimore to move on for only two first round picks. So I think the ball is definitely in Baltimore's court uh, in this situation of the non-exclusive. I think uh, you guys both made some really good arguments, but um, I think, I think Lamar won't be with the Ravens. Uh, next season i don't know who he'll be with but i i think this is a very unique opportunity for the other 31 teams in the nfl where you have a quarterback who is in his mid-20s still um former league mvp and all you have to give to give up to get him is two first round picks um i know the contract's very hefty but um you know you get you get a an MVP caliber quarterback, you are going to have to pay them uh, regardless of if you draft them or if you trade for them. For sure. And two first round draft picks isn't going to get the deal done uh, in many instances no. outside of this type of instance. So um, I think the other 31 NFL teams should be falling over themselves uh, trying to make this deal happen unless you're uh, like the Bengals, the Chiefs, uh, Maybe the Chargers. Chargers, yeah. Um, I'm like, but Jaguars, there's not many teams, I think, that would be, you know, comfortable uh, rating their quarterback over Lamar. Well, the thing, too, I mentioned, like, you know, Detroit's cap situation. Like, that being said, too, if Detroit did sign Lamar, obviously they're going to go and sell Jared Goff and his massive contract. Like, so much of Detroit's cap space is eaten up by that to that contract of Jared Goff. And he had an outstanding season. Like, let's not let's, let's not kid ourselves. He, he did a lot more and surpassed a lot of expectations than people placed on Jared Goff this last season. But he's not Lamar Jackson. Like, Jared Goff is not winning the Super Bowl. Like, he come, – Bush come to solve, you're down 10 in the Super Bowl – He's not getting it done. He's not. He is. He's a good quarterback, not a great quarterback. But there's a lot of teams that'll be willing to give up something for a good, not great quarterback. Like look what they just signed Derek Carr. Teams are pursuing Jared uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Teams are pursuing Rogers on the the back end of his of his um, 
career. There's going to be teams that are willing to give something up for Jared Goff on that, on that good season. So uh, obviously if they do send him away, they'd be opening up some cap space. So there's not a lot of teams that are in that position to be able to make this move. Like you mentioned, like Detroit. So I think it really comes down to those two teams, unless somebody's going to get really creative with um, moving some assets around to, to free up some cap space. Agreed. Um, the next quarterback that we have is a bit of a journeyman, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, 31 years old, but still handsome as ever. Uh, last <laughs> season, uh, 67% completion percentage, uh, 2,400 yards and 16 touchdowns. Uh, we all know that uh, the start of the season wasn't great for Jimmy and the end of the season certainly wasn't great for him uh, being injured there and being replaced by by Purdy. Uh, PFF projects him to receive a kind of a, a one-year stopgap contract from a team for $15 million. Uh, possible landing spots that I have listed right now include the Raiders, the Colts, and the Jets. I think all three of these places make sense for their own reasons. Uh, what do you think, Jordan? This one, um, so this one I think is kind of going to be contingent on a few things. And uh, the first and, and most important is going to be where Aaron Rodgers ends up going. Uh, because I think it'd be interesting for somebody to say that um, that he's going to end up going to the Jets because the Jets need a quarterback. And I think um, he'd be a decent fit, but not a great fit, not necessarily what New York Jets are looking for. Um, I did want to say Vegas, but uh, I'm going to go a little off the board here. And I'm going to say uh, I'm going to the uh, I'm going to Washington Commanders. Uh, currently in the uh, draft order, Washington is sitting at 16th. And uh, after the performance that Richardson put in the uh, combine, there's no way he's going to fall all the way to 16th. Uh, I'm thinking maybe the only quarterback that might maybe get there is Will Levis. Um, but uh, Levis Levis isn't going to you know kickstart that uh, Washington offense. Uh, like kind of similar the arguments I put forward uh, on the last one. So I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a decent bridge opportunity for that offense to take a step forward. They have a uh, pretty decent defense and uh, and some pretty pretty strong offensive weapons and and they really need a quarterback. Uh, we, obviously they've already released Wentz, so they're saying they're moving forward either with uh, what they've got or they're going to try and draft or, or get another uh, veteran in in place there. So I'm going off the board on this one. I think uh, I think the Jets are going to end up getting uh, Aaron Rodgers, and I think the other two are going to end up drafting a quarterback is, is my hunch. So I'm going off the board. I'm going Washington. And Armin, what do you think? Um, you know what? I, I was looking at it and I like that idea for Washington from Jordan. It'd be it'd be cool to see, especially Banami there. He would be able to to figure out a way to utilize Garoppolo's strengths along with the offensive weapons that they do have, because they have actually like their skill position players outside of their QB last year were were dynamite, like McLaurin, uh Gibson, um Curtis Samuel, they got uh Dotson there. Um, coming up too that looks like he's going to be a promising young wide receiver in this league but just I'm looking at this and it just it feels like a move the Colts will make to me it just it feels like it especially like the last few years for the Colts it feels like a Colts style quarterback and the revolving door and the revolving door of old quarterbacks yeah like it just it's 
it feels like that's what it's going to be. Like, it just feels like that move, whether or not it's the best fit. I just, it feels like a Colts move. So I'm saying Colts just because of that. Like it, it feels like, and it, he's going to be an upgrade to Matt Ryan last year. It'll He'll probably do all right. And you know, whatever. And I think the Colts have enough draft, a high enough draft pick that they might be able to get a QB and Jimmy G coming in. It'll be like Trey Lance again. They, they don't have to rush this young QB into the league and starting. You have Jimmy G, you have a young QB. He has a Jimmy G has one or two years of production with your team. And then that young QB is ready to go and bringing in Jimmy G. It's not like Aaron Rodgers where it's going to be like this cloud hanging over his head. Jimmy G understands he's a professional. He's gone through this before. He's going to turn into the new uh, Fitzpatrick of the league here. Pretty the Colts soon. Have, the Colts have fourth overall though. And that's just screams drafting a quarterback. There's three, three very good prospects. And I say like, there's been two by step by, by a long shot two two runaways. And then Richardson has just been climbing like crazy was projected as like that middle late first round. And now he's even, there's rumors that he could be the first overall. I think that's a little crazy, but uh, <laughs> the Colts screen screen draft pick to me, just at that one Oh four and Raiders sitting at uh, the seventh overall, that seems kind of like a team that might be able to jump Houston for that first overall. And if not, maybe be able to trade up with Arizona to, to kind of the sewer in Indianapolis and get the quarterback of their choice. But um, that's, it's so funny because I look back to some of the things that we argued in this exact segment last year, and it seems so logical. And that off season was just like, so bananas that whatever makes sense in our head was just not what happened. But I'm curious (laughs) to see how this is all going to shake out because this is a significantly stronger quarterback class than what we had last year. Certainly is Uh, both of your answers. Very convincing. Uh, I do like what you said about the Colts there, Armin. Um, they do have the fourth overall pick. So they are in position if they do choose to draft a quarterback where they can, they can sit back and they can just let the last quarterback come to them. Or if they are very convinced on one, they, they could possibly trade up and get the guy they want. Uh, regardless though, I think uh, signing Garoppolo to the Colts would allow them, especially if it is a, an Anthony Richardson or a Will Levis, um, for them to sit potentially uh, a little bit behind Garoppolo uh, before they take over for him. So I do like that Colts uh, landing spot there. Yeah. And depending on how that, that QB develops, whoever gets drafted behind him, if he goes to the Colts, they, they could end up starting by the end of the year anyways. And like you, you won't care because it's Garoppolo. Right. This is that's what they did last year too. Wasn't Matt Ryan started. And then who was the rookie last year that came in? Uh, what the hell was his oh. name? He was like, oh, Ellinger? Yeah. Oh, Ellinger. yeah, Sam Ellinger, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but like, that's a di- very different situation, but that's exactly what the Colts faced last year. Yeah, this is basically like, uh, this would be very similar to uh, Trubisky with the with the Steelers, where Pickett, they yeah. signed him first, first day of free agency. He was thought of as kind of the bridge quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I don't think many people expected him to be the the presumptive starter going forward. Uh, and then I think 21st overall, they, they end up drafting uh picket. And yeah. before, you know, before the bye week, even like weeks four or five, six, I think picket was starting. So it was a I very short a very, bridge. Yeah. He, yeah, he I could see a very bridge similar. going over the carrot river. He finished week three out. If I'm not mistaken, had two rushing touchdowns. And like three interceptions. It was a wild <laughs> stat line. <laughs> it was really gross. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jordan tries to make him look good. No, it wasn't good. <laughs> hey, I tried trading Derek Carr for him there, Armin. You turned him down, so that's your fault. <laughs> um, so those are the two quarterbacks that I thought were interesting. I have one other quarterback that we can discuss at the end if there's time. Uh, next is the running back uh, pool of free agents. Uh, the running backs are fascinating. I think there are so many running backs that are free agents this year. Um, that it could completely reshape the NFL landscape, uh, not to mention the dynasty landscape as well. Uh, You could be holding on to two or three running backs right now on your dynasty rosters. And this time next week, you could be, they could all be in a time share that they weren't in before with a very capable NFL running back. So this is going to be very interesting, I think. Um, this class would have been much more interesting had Pollard, Barkley, and Jacobs not all been franchised. But there are two more guys here that are left that I think will be uh, pretty popular once they hit the open market. Um, the first guy here is David Montgomery, uh, 25 years old. Last year, 801 rushing yards, five touchdowns on the ground, 34 receptions, 316 yards through the air and one touchdown. Uh, PFF predicts a three-year, $19.5 million contract, uh, and some possible destinations that I thought of include the Falcons, going back to the Bears, or possibly going to South Beach and signing with the Dolphins. Uh, What say you there, Armin? You know what? I'm going off script here. I, I feel like none of the above. Um, because I feel like Miami's backfield with what they want to do with it there. You look at the guys they have. I think they're pretty happy with it, and they wouldn't want someone like Montgomery. They'd probably want to do a bigger upgrade at their RB position if they were to actually bring in another piece in their backfield. Chicago, I think, yeah, he's done there. And Atlanta, um, they're not in a position to really win right now, so why sign a, a RB and why not just use your young RB that you got right now in Algier. Um, so I am going with the LA Rams actually. It again, it feels like an LA Rams move. Um, you got acres who started at the end of the year, started coming back again and looking more like the guy everyone thought he would be, but you're not sure what you got with him yet. Um, and then they, they seem to like to sign those old RBs that, uh, that don't move very much to have as their backup guys. So, uh, Montgomery, he just kind of strikes me of that, that guy that would, would be a a good fit in, in the Rams based on their history. Huh? I am super intrigued and I'm trying to pick up some, uh, some on the fly, um, uh, I guess uh, arguments, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, is not every single Miami backfield like a cut candidate or like an unrestricted free uh, uh, unrestricted free agent? You're correct. Jeff yeah. Wilson, Raheem Mostert, and Miles Gaskins are all free agents. Yeah, so that's kind of where Ooh. I'm leading a little bit. I know there was a report saying that they were very interested in bringing them all back. Um, or not all of them, I guess Moser and Wilson. Uh, I don't know about Miles Gassens and, <laughs> and whatever, you know, and company, but I do think that's a, a position of need. Uh, kind of like on how Armin said, I, I think Miami is capable of making a bigger splash. Um, 
there's been some rumors of some of the big names getting traded, but uh, I think this is a decent fit for Montgomery to go to Miami. I think that's a good position for him. Uh, if he does go to Miami, I can see him signing like a, almost like a two-year deal where it's almost like um, like a borderline prove it deal uh, or get a, the big contract. But this isn't a situation, or you know, even for even better, it's a risky deal. But sign the one-year deal on a good offense, really boom, and then sign the big contract after. Just because, like you said, Zach, it, it was uh, a, a bigger um, running back um, free agency class, and then a lot of rookies coming in. Um, so there's teams that are, you know, they're not willing to pay the big ticket price right now for running backs. Uh, but I think Miami is a good fit for Montgomery with being able to catch the ball, in the backfield and, um, and has been a decent runner. Um, so it's kind of like what Armin said, Atlanta just doesn't seem like a good fit with their situation right now, uh, with kind of doing that full startup rebuild. Um, obviously the things could change quick if they end up getting Lamar Jackson and kind of doing the, the on the fly rebuild. But I think Miami is a team that it's a position of need and they haven't had that uh, hard nosed runner. Um, you know, well, <laughs> for how long, and you know, when miles Gaskins is your hard nosed goal line runner, I think that says enough in, in itself that I think that's a decent fit for, for Montgomery. And selfishly, yeah, I, I want Khalil Herbert to be the lone standing back in, uh, in Chicago. So <laughs> that, that, there's that little, you know, little back uh, back of my mind telling me so so I, i'm going miami awesome i think when i had the other running backs uh here jacobs barkley pollard i think i think i included the dolphins as an option for for literally all of them um because they are losing so many or potentially losing so many um of their running backs and i think the that shanahan style offense that mcdaniel's came from in San Fran is really predicated on the run game. So I think they're going to make an effort to, to go and get a a very capable running back. And I think Montgomry and this next guy, both fit that bill. Could you imagine Um, Barkley? You know what I got to say though, about that Uh, though, Zach with the, the San Fran connection is those RBs that they currently have that they could resign are San Fran guys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I was just saying, could you imagine how fun Miami would have been with Barkley if they didn't franchise tag him and he actually touched free agency? Like, that would have been so much fun. But, you know, that's the NFL, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought Pollard would have been a really good fit in Miami. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, big yeah. time. Um, so this next player uh, from the same draft class as, as David Montgomery, uh, Miles Sanders. He's 25 years old. Uh, last year he had a, a career year, um, twelve hundred rushing yards, eleven touchdowns on the ground, twenty receptions, seven, and only seventy eight yards through the air with no uh, receiving touchdowns. Uh, PFF predicts a two year fourteen million dollar contract. Uh, very similar to Montgomery, I thought re-signing with the Eagles would be a good fit for him. Uh, possibly going to Chicago in the event Montgomery leaves, just swapping running backs there in Chicago. And then, as I had previously mentioned, the Dolphins as a potential landing spot based on need. So, uh, Armin, you went first with Montgomery. So, JC, what do you think? Yeah, I'm – oh, man. it's This is a hard one because 
part of me kind of wants to say the Rams kind of like what Armin had said there, just because that's a team that goes after those big names, you know, Allen Robinson out of the blue, because he was a big name and, and helping move forward. And, and I do think RB is a little bit of a need there. Acres stepped up big time down the stretch. So that makes it a little bit more interesting, uh, but I'm going to go a little bit off script here as well. And I'm going to go Denver Broncos. Now, Denver Broncos is an interesting one because they can cut Chase Edmonds and save, I think it's like $6 million cap. Um, but obviously they got Javante Williams. But now there's there's rumors that Javante Williams is going to be missing a substantial amount of time of the 2023 season. Uh, and if that's the case, the Broncos are going to turn this thing around quick, obviously with a, a veteran quarterback, with, with aging receivers. I know Sutton is still young. Judy, or not young, but I guess he's turning 27 this year. Uh, Judy's still young but you're kind of missing that window of these guys under contract. Um, so you can't just enter the season with uh, with no running back or at least with one running back that's um, with, has banged up down the stretch. Um, so Denver Broncos are going to need to bring somebody in, whether they do that in the draft or they do that in free agency. I think this is a decent fit because Miles Sanders had a good season uh, and he kind of fits the mold of what, um, what Denver is going to do. And to put the cherry on top, Obviously, uh, we've seen what uh, was capable at that New Orleans offense uh, with the running back. The, I think every single season, the running back, whoever was in that Sean Payton offense, that running back finishes a top 10 running back every single season or, or you know, the, the, the package of the running backs. Um, They're saying that the Javante injury was very comparable to the J.K. Dobbins injury. And we've obviously seen what what's happened in the, the mountain that J.K. Dobbins had to climb to get back into playing form and even some some sort of uh, fantasy relevance. Uh, that's a big fear for myself with Javante Williams uh, in this upcoming season. So I think uh, I think one of these free agent running backs, and I think obviously uh, Sanders coming off a big year, uh, would be intriguing for the Denver team to, to try and grab him. So I'm going the Denver Broncos a little off the board. That is a team that I did not expect to hear uh, for the running back portion, but very, very interesting argument that you just presented. Uh, Armin, what do you think? That is a very interesting argument. It's just too bad that on MFL, just before we started the pod today, I saw Kareem Hunt is a possibility for uh, Denver to sign that they're actually in. I would like that a lot. I would really like that a lot. (laughs) Kareem Hunt's going to be available for my dynasty team uh, if you guys want to buy him. (laughs) I got a 2026 fifth arm I'll buy him right now. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, you know, that's a compelling argument. I also like the idea of the, the Rams, but I think Montgomery would be the better fit there. So I'm going to stick to my guns with Montgomery going Rams. Um, I'm going to play the coward's way out though, and do an if then for my option here. <laughs> if the Eagles end up getting Derrick Henry, then Miles Sanders is on the move. And I think it will be Miami then um, because I think he would be an upgrade to, to Mostert and, and Jeff Wilson there. And, and he would fit well in that style of offense that they like to run. I think his skill set would be perfect in there. And that would actually be exciting. Um, almost, ex- almost as exciting as Saquon in, in Miami, but not quite as exciting. Um, but if, Derrick Henry does not end up being moved to Philadelphia, then I think Miles Sanders stays in Philadelphia. All right, so I got you down for for the Eagles and for the Finns. Yeah, um, I think I think he I do agree. I do think he makes a a much better fit um, in Miami than Montgomery does. I think he just kind of fits that slasher uh, type of running back better. 
then Montgomery. And, and like what you said with the goal line work, like he's a he is good in the goal line as well. So you can you can have him in on the field for all three downs compared to the way Mostert and Wilson kind of had to go in and out depending on situation there. Um, the, the next category here is the receivers. Um, while receivers or while the receivers lack a uh, a number one stud type of player, there are plenty of options in the free agent market for receivers. Uh, most of these guys are going to be um, a quality two or a high end three on most offenses. Um, but there are some very interesting names. Uh, the first one is my guy, Jacoby Myers. Uh, God bless him. 26 years old. Um, had a, a down year, uh, as did everybody on that New England offense. Um, <laughs> but he still totaled 67 receptions, 800 uh, receiving yards, and six TDs through the air. Uh, PFF predicts him to get four years, uh, $64 million. Uh, as the number one receiver on the market. Um, I thought some potential landing spots would include going to Chicago, uh, re-signing with the Pats, uh, or going to New York to sign with the Giants. Uh, JC, what do you make of this? Yeah, so I'm going, uh, he's staying home, and uh, Zach is going to fist pump and celebrate to start ordering those Jacoby <laughs> Myers jerseys. Uh, he soaks up 19% of the target share on a team that desperately needs wide receivers. And uh, obviously I'm taking a page out of Zach's playbook here and talking about how important he was to that locker room, not necessarily just on the field and 19% of target share, but you talked about how he was a locker room guy and a possible captain on the upcoming season uh, this past year. So, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to lose a guy that soaks up that much targets, let alone a guy that means so much to the locker room and a team that that needs wide receivers. So I think this is just a good fit, and um, not only for the position, but for the organization as well, too. So I still think Jacoby stays put. Armand, you get to say I, the Patriots, and I'll just leave with a big smile. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel bad because I do keep saying the same team that they're already on. But I, I'm going Patriots again with this one as well. Um, like Jordan said, locker room guy. He has 19% of the targets there. He, the, You can't afford to lose him. The Patriots can't afford to lose him right now. And you know what? Like You want those good character guys there as well. So you got to keep them in the Patriots uniform. Yeah, I, m my fear is um, since he is, in my eyes, the number one uh, wide receiver on the market, um, he's going to test pre-agency and some team like the Jaguars did last year will throw the bag at him like the Jaguars did with Christian Kirk and um, he'll come back to that number to the Patriots and it'll just be too much for them to match and he'll sign he'll sign somewhere and he'll he'll continue being just you know a fantastic player in another offense uh, he's the type of guy that isn't your your shouldn't be your number one but he's a really good number two receiver. So really hope that the Pats can find a way to bring him back while still possibly acquiring a, a dominant or a more dominant yeah. number one target through the, through a trade, possibly like a Brandon Cooks has been floated around mm -hmm. a Jerry Judy, uh, a DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, T Higgins was floated around earlier in the off season, but I think that one's probably 
the most of a pipe pipe dream. Yeah, there's a lot of wide receiver needy teams like Chicago, uh, Baltimore. We obviously talked about Houston and uh, New England. But uh, I've seen those – I know this is obviously off topic. I've seen those Hopkins rumors to New England, and I would hate that. Like, I would absolutely hate that as a Hopkins owner. Like, the there's so many other rumors of him going to other high-powered offenses. And obviously this past year, New England was most definitely not that. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens with free agency. But, yeah, it's he, – he would be a great addition, and that's kind of the ball in his court. It was kind of the same as the Kenny Galladay year where it wasn't a huge high-profile – wide receiver year so you got to pay the guys money because they're the best available to add to your team other than drafting so it'll be interesting to see what guys like you know jacoby myers and obviously a couple other names we're gonna be talking about here uh can pick up i, I imagine juju smith schuster must be the next guy on the list here yeah, as going. yeah so it's, it's gonna be an interesting year for those guys if if hopkins does go to england new england you know have no fear the patriots did uh did this crazy thing. They hired an offensive coordinator who had experience. So uh, not a guy working yeah. at NASA. Yeah. So the offense might actually an be NFL franchise into three years <laughs> to rebuild. Yeah. Thanks Patricia. You idiot. Yeah. Um, share next that hatred, on... Zach. We can share the hatred. <laughs> oh, I uh, spent most of, uh, you know, September through January, just seething on my coach every Sunday. <laughs> Oh man, that guy sucks. <laughs> uh quite the beard though. Um yeah, I'll give him so that. So the, the next receiver here that I have listed is uh Juju Smith Schuster, uh who you just mentioned. Uh somehow he's he's still only 26 years old. He must have joined the NFL as like a 17-year-old. Cause I swear <laughs> he's been playing for, for 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 five ever at this point. Yeah. Um Juju had a Kind of like an unheralded year. Um, when I was putting this together, I was very surprised at the stats that he had, um, considering the uh, the limited attention that at least I think that he got um, through the media. Uh, he finished the year with 78 receptions, uh, just shy of 1,000 receiving yards, 933, and three touchdowns. So, uh, again, not that number one receiver, but a very good number two receiver. Um, and PFF predicts him three years, $36 million. Uh, Armand, what do you make of this? This one is really interesting because if you're Juju, you just won the championship with KC. You seem to fit well there. Um, so I think if KC offers him a contract, he he should probably stay and and try and win another championship. Like, why not, right? Like, pay, play with Patty Mahomes um, in a system that, seems to do well for you um like you said unheralded year that he had um but i could see casey not even offering him a contract based on they still have kelsey and then tony is starting to come up they seem to be liking sky more a little bit more so um you know what it it could be uh baltimore baby um trying to to finally give lamar a few more weapons out there and um you know like it it might work. It might work. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go Baltimore. Okay, so <laughs> this is almost like an Armin's if then then this kind of thing. But uh, um, I have seen reports that uh, Casey wants to resign him, but obviously they're not gonna pay mega deal for him. But um, if I'm Drew Smith Schuster and in a similar uh, kind of a similar sentiment that Armin shared, you won the Super Bowl. 
Okay, you won the prize. Now it's your opportunity to capitalize on the money. This is probably going to be the best year you ever have, shy of your, was it his rookie year or sophomore year? I think it was his rookie season. This is probably going to be the best year you ever had. If you can't put up monstrous numbers with Patrick Mahomes as and you're the possible wide receiver one, where else are you going to put up mega numbers? So if I'm him, I'm not coming back to a, a team-friendly deal to try and sign another deal or another championship. I'm going to go to a team that needs wide receiver help and trying to capitalize on a three to four year contract with as much money as possible, because really you're not going to have a better season with anybody else. So um, I'm thinking, and I really, really want the Hopkins to Kansas city trade to happen. Cause I think that'd be just an absolute blast mm -hmm. for fantasy managers. But um, I think this is a, a New York giants landing spot. Uh, because in my mind, I have Lamar leaving Baltimore, so that wouldn't make much sense for Baltimore to try and bring in a veteran wide receiver, rather drafting uh, some of these, you know, stud wide receivers coming up or, you know, a lesser than wide receiver that's not going to cost you as much. So in, in that universe that I'm trying to put together here, I think that the Giants are a team that does need it. They brought back uh, Daniel Jones and franchise take Saquon. So this is the last year you're most likely going to have Saquon on your roster unless you can somehow figure out a way to, you know, uh, be cap friendly moving forward with, with, with Saquon. Um, and you need wide receiver help. So th this is to me, by what the uh, the the moves that the Giants have put together is that they're trying to you know continue to move forward this the success they had this year and and win uh, keep winning in the in the playoffs and hopefully the Lombardi Trophy. So with doing so, you're not going to win it with <laughs> Kenny Galladay and six catches and the and the receiving core that you currently have. So bringing in a veteran wide receiver, a possession type wide receiver, that's going to help Daniel Jones in those uh, under routes and, and positional type of advantage. I think this fits the bill and he comes with obviously a lot of experience uh, and success he's had on, on two franchises now. So I, I think this is a, a good fit for the Giants. But that being said, I don't know how much money they have to offer him, obviously learning their lesson by giving a, a substantial contract to Kenny Galladay. But I do think it is a good fit for Juju Smith to land in, in, uh, in New York. I like what you guys both said. Um, I can see the Ravens making sense if, uh, if Lamar doesn't sign elsewhere and Lamar is still, or still hasn't signed the, the franchise tag and he's kind of contemplating uh, trying to make a move somewhere else. Maybe the Ravens do bring in a, a competent receiver and say, Hey, like, look, we're trying to help you out. We're trying to bring in weapons, trying to entice him to stay. So I could see the Ravens, but I could also see the giants. Like you said, they're trying to build an offense around Daniel Jones, an offense that really accentuates his skill set, And I think that's uh, through a player like Smith Schuster. So I could see both of these scenarios um, happening. Uh, next. In this. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, next receiver here is uh, Alan Lazard. Um, this is going to be pretty interesting. I think Lazard is 27 years old, um, finished last season with 60, re 60 receptions, 788 receiving yards, and six touchdowns. Uh, PFF predicts a similar contract, contract to Smith Schuster, three years, $33 million. Now, the reason why I say this one is interesting um, is because unlike Myers and Smith Schuster and some of the other receivers that are available uh, this offseason, uh, Lazard is a big body receiver that primarily works the 
outside of the field, down the sidelines. Um, guys like Myers, Smith Schuster, uh, Darius Slayton, those types of guys are more uh, slot receivers that work the uh, inside of the field. Lazard, on the other hand, big body that can go for those contested catches. So if an offense is looking for a receiver like him, he's one of the only options out there or the best option out there in my eyes. So I have here options being going home, staying with the Packers, uh, potentially going to Chicago, a division rival, and signing with the Bears, or going to Kansas City. Uh, lately, there's been a few rumors floating around Twitter uh, that the Chiefs would like to bring Lazard there. Um, so what do you think there, uh, JC? Yeah, that's to me, that's a really good fit. The Packers, even though they do need a wide receiver, and he's vacating, once again, 19% of target share for the Packers last year. But we saw the emergence of Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. And uh, more than likely, they're moving on from Aaron Rodgers. So this is going to be Jordan Love's offense. Um, I just don't know if they're going to want to be retaining a 27-year-old wide receiver when really, if if Rodgers leaves, it's going to be more than less a rebuild. Uh, so I don't know if that necessarily fits the mold of what uh, the Packers are trying to accomplish, uh, even though and that is a positional need for them as uh, as that big body wide receiver. Because, um, you know, Christian Watson, we saw what he's capable of injuries, though. Same with Robio Dobbs, different different style, but uh, injury riddled throughout the season as well. But uh, to me, KC fits the bill here. This is uh, a team that's ready to win and a team that is needing the big body type wide receiver. Um, especially if uh, Juju Smith moves on, not necessarily that he fits the build of big wide receiver too, but um, this would be a fun tandem to see with the Lazard and uh, Kelsey, you know, two, two dominant uh, species, big bodies, not that Lazard is, you know, a, a dominant wide receiver, but like you mentioned, he is a big body wide receiver and we saw a lot of success Alan Lazard with, uh, with Rogers and, and built that trust with Rogers quite quickly. Uh, so I think that's a, a, just a perfect fit. Um, like I said, I do hope Hopkins ends up there, but uh, that's one of those things that if they don't sign a wide receiver, we could see that trade happening during the NFL draft. Um, so it's kind of uh it has to happen first, if not then kind of thing. So I do think Casey uh, is a fun fit and, and that's one that I would like to see. Uh, Armand, what do you make of this mess? It is quite messy because yeah, if Jordan Love is going to be the starting QB not only would Green Bay not necessarily want to retain him, but also the fact that Lazard probably wouldn't want to be there either. Um, so um, if, if Rodgers is there, then yeah, he might stay as a Green Bay Packer for a little bit. But even then, like it's tough to be like, well, how much longer is Rodgers going to be here? Do I want to make a long-term deal at a in a franchise that's going to be in a transition soon? Um, so... Um, I would say KC would be a fun fit. Um, there's not a lot of teams. What would actually be fun as well, um, because this team has great wide receivers on their roster, but nothing like the nothing the style of weapon of him is is Miami. Like Waddle and and Hill are very fast. They're very quick. Um, they do a lot of stuff really well. But um, Lazard would bring that physicality to that receiving core that maybe that receiving core is missing. So I, I think Miami would be a fun fit as well. And I think a little bit more realistic when you look at how many weapons they have compared to KC with all the receivers that they have on that roster, it's, it's hard to 
think of how they're going to fit them in unless they're they're moving on from some of the receivers that they have. So um, we'll see how the chips fall. But um, Miami or KC would be fun to fit, to see them, and I think that those would be the two likely places. Houston could be kind of interesting too with, you know, possibly having Cooks moving on, uh, being traded. And it'd be enticing that you have possibly the 101 is depending on what uh, what um, Chicago and Houston kind of end up concocting, I suppose. But you could have this franchise quarterback um, being being paired up with that is, is pretty enticing. You know, teams were pretty excited to possibly play with like Trevor Lawrence and, the, and these big name quarterbacks. That could be enticing for a team that definitely needs wide receivers. So that might be a dark horse mm-hmm. situation, though, talking about Green Bay yeah. where if you're rebuilding. You don't necessarily want to bring this 27-year-old in. But for us, you know, if they end up going with a smaller statured quarterback, uh, especially a rookie trying to get used to the, the physicality and the speed of the quarterbacks, having that big body wide receiver that you can kind of rely on might might benefit a, a rookie quarterback. So a little bit of a dark horse that the Houston Texans might be in the mix in this one. I think the Texans also have quite a bit of money, so um, they can afford to kind of go out there and uh, throw a bag at somebody that... A Christian Kirk uh, deal, kind of. Yeah, somebody that may not have the the stats or the pedigree to align with the contract, but they can afford to bring him in for, for a pretty penny. Um, the last receiver here that we'll talk about is, is somebody that may be uh, forgotten about a little bit, but is starting to make some noise uh, on Twitter, and that is Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, <laughs> still still only 30 years old. Um, sat out all of last year, recovering from the ACL that he suffered uh, two Super Bowls ago with the Rams. Um, so we're looking at a projected contract by PFF for three years, $33 million. We saw... The last time he played ball, uh, two seasons ago with the Rams, uh, he kind of came on slowly, but he really hit his stride uh, in the playoffs. And he was a very productive receiver in the playoffs. Now that was pre-ACL injury. And that was also with a very competent quarterback in Stafford, while also being surrounded by, uh, or I guess paired up with the best receiver in the game or one of the best receivers in the game with Cooper cup. Now I've listed three options here and uh, the options are the Dallas Cowboys. Um, This kind of contract screams Cowboys to me, I think. Um, I think Jerry likes (laughs) the flashy signings and, and he's somebody that could pair well with, I think a CD lamb, Um, the saints uh, Odell played at LSU uh, and there's a bit of a connection there with with the with the region, the state, and then I could also see him going to Kansas City and being being a bit of a ring chaser at this point in his career. This, uh, uh, so what do you make what do you make of this, Armand? Oh yeah, this one this one is a tough one, <clears throat> and it's definitely really tough to to nail down and hammer down here. And you know, like. Uh, you hear people talk about like, is CD lamb really the alpha receiver? Like he's a great wide receiver. He's one of the best in the league, but is he an alpha? And you bring Odell Beckham jr. And, and he is an alpha. He is going to be the alpha wide receiver on that team. And maybe that helps relax CD lamb a little bit. And the CD lamb can explode, even though Odell Beckham jr. Is there. 
um and then louisiana and louisiana and then new orleans as well like uh Derek carr just coming in there you got the young wide receiver chris olave you bring in obj to take a little bit of weight off olave's shoulders so that he doesn't have to worry about being the guy yet um would make sense as well um uh, casey it, it's starting to get really muddy there with all these talks of wide receivers going to kc um yeah he could be a ring chaser you know, like you, you gave great arguments for all three. And I think those are the three best options looking at all the other teams in the league. I'm leaning towards Dallas because of what you said that this contract screams Dallas, screams Jerry Jones um, with wanting to make a splash. And then also you you take the little bit of pressure off Lamb to be the alpha. OBJ is an alpha. He's going to take over. Yeah, Gallup didn't take a step forward. So I, I, I kind of agree with you, Armin, that this screams like uh, a Dallas signing. They need to make a signing, in my opinion. Um, but there's also now with a new OC, uh, and they, you know, there's talk about this transition that they want to run the ball more. They want to win ball games by defense, not offense, uh, taking the ball out of Dak's hand a little bit. So that kind of playing into that makes things a little bit more interesting. But um, I'm going to put a dark horse out there, and I'm going to go – He's going back to the Rams because I've heard rumors that the Rams are trying to move on from uh, from Robinson. Uh, they said, yeah, he's allowing him to go talk to teams. That was obviously a major flop. Um, Robinson did not pan out in um, in Los Angeles, and they have no draft capital. They're not going to be able to replace them in the draft without burning precious draft capital with very minimal of what they've got. Um, a player that knows the organization, has been there, already won a ring there. Uh, I think it kind of makes sense for them to bring him on. It'd have to be on a, a bit of a discounted deal just because of the cap situation that they've been, you know, flirting with this past couple of years, but the Robinson situation failed. They know what they can get with OBJ. He's not going to be the one. Obviously we know what Cooper cup is. And I still, I'm a big fan of Van Jefferson, uh, but this is a guy that can step into that role that they wanted Robinson to do and was unsuccessful. So a little dark horse. I'm going to go. He's going back to the Rams. Mm. Interesting. The Rams have come up a few times here, and each time they pop up, I am surprised. <laughs> no draft um, cap, you got to get creative. I suppose so, yeah. So uh, last position group uh, are the tight ends. And uh, if you listen to this episode last season, um, these two guys were, were discussed last season. They both received the franchise tag and now, after playing on the franchise tag, it seems from everything I've read and listened to, uh, both of these guys are poised to actually move on, unlike last year. So, uh, first tight end here is Dalton Schultz, 26 years old. Um, last season, 57 receptions, 577 receiving yards, and five TDs through the air. Uh, PFF predicts a four-year, $58 million contract. Um, I do think there is that chance that he could go back to the Cowboys. However, last week, Jerry Jones was quoted as saying something like he can't sign everybody, um, alluding to uh, Dalton Schultz. Uh, unfortunately for Jerry Jones, all the money is tied up in running backs. So what are you going <laughs> to do? Um, I could also see him going across state and signing with the Texans. Um, like we talked about earlier, they they just have money to spend and they can afford to kind of overpay for players. And I also thought the Colts might be a, might be a good fit because 
right now the Colts have, it seems like they have like eight tight ends on their roster. And oftentimes when you have a lot of players at a certain position, that means you don't have any players at that position. So uh, what do you make, Armin? What do you think? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm eliminating the Colts because of Jelani Woods and my belief in him. Um, he's a young tight end that, that just needs to develop a little bit more. And I think he'll be a great tight end for the Colts in the future here. So, um, I was going to go Dallas until you said that little nugget about Jerry Jones. I, I think Dalton Schultz fits really well on that Dallas offense though. And I, I really hope that he can stay in Dallas because I think just keep it going, man, keep the good times rolling. I don't, don't see him exploding with any other team out there that, that really utilizes the tight end that needs a tight end, if that makes sense. So I really hope he stays in Dallas, but um, I'm going to say the most likely scenario based on the Jerry Jones thing then is, is the Texans going to the Texans and hopefully with the new QB and new young QB, he can light the world on fire there. Here you go, Armand. I'm going to blow your mind. <laughs> You're going to love this as a Dalton Schultz owner. He is going to the Cincinnati Bengals. That is a team that needs tight ends big time. Uh, They're losing four tight ends. Uh, Obviously Hayden Hurst with 11% of target share. Um, And then there's 3% target share with, uh, with the remaining other tight ends, but they're knocking into the season with Devin Ozzy Ozzy or however the hell you pronounce his name. That (laughs) New England Patriots burnt a second round or third round draft pick on third rounder. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Famed. Famed tight end for the New England Patriots. Yeah. So this this is an unbelievable landing spot, especially losing 14% target share. And on a team that seems to really like to target the tight end over the last couple seasons and has obviously a plethora of weapons. Uh, so you can only cover so many of them. And Dalton Schultz being athletic enough and talented enough, we've seen the past couple seasons of what he was capable in in, in Dallas. Uh, I think this is a really, really good landing spot. And obviously for Dalton Schultz, if, if they're offering him a contract, there's a greater than likely chance that you can win the Super Bowl this upcoming season with that team, an up and coming team, uh, obviously a top five quarterback, a dynasty uh, type quarterback, you know, a franchise guy. Um, I think this would be a, a superb landing spot. And I think it would be a lot of fun if you are a Dalton Schultz manager and uh, he ends up there. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say a little, a little bit of fun one. And this is going to be one of those ones where uh, if you're a Dalton Schultz manager, uh, you've got a tough decision to make. Do you think that he can continue these um, the trend of what his numbers are and skyrocket even more on this offense, or are you selling high on the hype of landing on this team? So I'm going to say this is going to be the talk of the town come free agency, and he's going to end up in Cincinnati. Ooh. Now, I, I got to say the Bengals were, were a team that I thought about putting on here um, because they are losing several tight ends. Um, but I just don't, I don't know if that would be good business for the Bengals considering, uh, Burrow and Chase are both coming due for an extension as well as T Higgins. Um, I thought they might try to put money towards those players, uh, knowing that in the future, they, they might not have the cap space they have this year. Certainly this year they have cap space to spend, but I don't know if they want to allocate too much money. Uh, well, to here's, tight end. here's my thought process. If he, if he really, really like capitalizes on his opportunity and is substantial for Cincinnati you can see them moving on from T Higgins and that money that's allocated for T Higgins they can end up trading him or moving on from him um, and then using you know still using that money to 
hey, those other guys, and then drafting once again another wide receiver to fill that position, or or you know a Juju Smith-Schuster type guy, or you know the lower end tier wide receivers, maybe a Brandon Cooks, you end up picking up in free agency or something like that. So they're, they they can get pretty creative, and there's already been the T Higgins rumors. They've squashed that already, but it just seems very unlikely that they're going to re-sign T Higgins and obviously Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow in the near future. Now th- this next guy, uh, talk about uh, maybe misplaying your hand. Uh, Mike Gesicki, 27 years old, uh, two seasons ago, uh, prior to being franchised by the Dolphins, was something crazy like tight end 11. Uh, had that was 70 some receptions, I think. Uh, this year he had less than half. Uh, with 32 receptions, 362 receiving yards, and five TDs. Um, I think if he was entering the free agent market last year, coming off of that type of season, he would have received a huge contract or a very favorable contract. Now, this year, coming off a uh, down season, maybe a bit of a depressed asset, and PFF predicts only a three-year, $38 million contract. Um, some teams that I thought might be interested again, the Texans, they just have money to spend, uh, the chargers potentially moving on from Everett. They're a team that may be looking to refill the tight end position. And then the giants are a team that might be looking for weapons, uh, not having very many options at receiver. They might try to fill that through tight end. Gusecki kind of like Evan Ingram is just a big wide receiver anyways. Uh, so Jordan, what do you think? Where will Mike Gesecki land? I'm pretty sure I said the same spot last year. I think I'm pretty sure I said the Chargers. Uh, I think that's a fun spot. It all all kind of hinges on Everett. And, and Everett actually had a really good season with, uh, with oh, the yeah. Chargers, which is disappointing to see because – uh, that was the hopes and dreams I had for other players landing in that spot. And I, I think it's a really good fit for a tight end. So this is where um, it's, it's, you know, if then, then this kind of thing, kind of like what Armin said, but uh, I, I would love to see him in Los Angeles, but I just, I just don't see them moving on from Everett after them bringing him in and he found success there uh, on that team, especially a team that is going to have to get creative with the cap coming up here. They're already talking about possibly cutting, Keenan Allen, those are a lot of rumors, just to try and save some cap space. Uh, those rumors have since been kind of, you know, kibosh a little bit and saying that they're going to hold on to him. So getting creative with the cap and, uh, and bringing a guy in for three or 38 million, I don't know if that happens, um, but it would be a lot of fun, obviously, seeing him there. So uh, I'm going to go with the uh, with the Giants. It's a tough one, though, because uh, Bellinger uh, kind of came forward as a, you know, a budding rookie, uh, ended up missing time due to a serious eye injury, ended up getting a finger in the eye and missed, I think it was like seven weeks. So I think a lot of people kind of forget about him, but this might be a guy that you can bring in, uh, run the double tight sets in this, uh, this offense with the mobile quarterback, the, obviously uh, a really good uh, running back in Saquon Barkley, or even bringing in as a guy as a veteran for uh, Bellinger to, you know, learn from and, and develop as well too. Um, so I, I would love to see Los Angeles. I just don't see it happening with, with the cap space and their, their situation. So I'm going to go with, uh, with the giants on this one. And Armin, you know, uh, Giuseppe was, uh, was a guy in Miami here that I don't think he was very happy about, uh, Waddle and, and Hill coming in and taking up all those, uh, 
all those targets um because like Jordan said he is, he's is pretty much just a big wide receiver and he's a guy that wants the ball he wants to be passed to so I think the the best place for him to go is the Chargers because uh that is a team that does utilize the the tight end position and he'd be an upgrade to Everett I think and uh I think I think it'd be a good fit Jacecki in a Chargers uniform that powder blue maybe um let's see him uh let's see him rumble i i think uh i think it'd be good couple dark horse options here uh one is green bay i think it's 14 percent target vacated um with losing oh my goodness his name is tunyon tunyon thank you i just oh, talked yeah. about his target share and i couldn't remember his name my god uh, <laughs> and then the lines as well too a couple of nfc north teams that are looking for tight ends um both obviously in a situation where they could draft them. There's a couple nice little uh, rookie tight ends coming in here, which we'll talk about in the upcoming episodes, but both are dark horse landing spots as well, too, for a possible tight end. And uh, that about wraps it up here for uh, free agent matchmaker. Um, it be interesting to see how many or if any of these landing spots uh, you guys nailed. So thank you guys so much for playing along and, and you folks at home, if, if you're interested, uh, definitely write these names down as uh, potential landing spots for these free agents. So uh, go ahead and try to play along and see see how you guys do compared to us. Oh, well, I, we appreciate you doing that, Zach. This is, uh, this is man, I, I said at the start of the episode, this is my favorite time of year with uh, doing fantasy. We're so confined during the season with what we can do and how much to try and compact in, in an episode once once a week. But the two-week stints and being able to, you know, cover so much of a broader topic of fantasy football and have fun with doing these game show-like episodes, it's it's a lot of fun. And obviously, there's a lot of work that you put into being putting this forward and having the, you know, the research and teams put together and the, the free agents and stuff like that. So really appreciate that. And, and thanks for obviously putting together for us to be able to participate and looking forward to us, be able to reciprocate. So you can participate in some of these, uh, these games as well too. It's my favorite time of year. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, anything to mention here before we wrap this one up? I know I will say uh, usually we do just, if you're, if you're new to us, uh, we always do a, a ice cold hot take at the end. Same as last year, we didn't do one on uh, on this episode just because with the with the franchise tagging, trades, free agency upcoming, and then with this uh, segment as well too, it does get a little bit long. This is longer than usually what our episodes will run. Uh, but we'll be back on our next episode uh, in two weeks' time here, and Armin will be kickstarting uh, our ice gold hot takes. Uh, so it is currently the eighth. I think our next oh, yeah. episode will be coming on. My goodness, I don't have the calendar in front of me here, but I think it ends up being like the 20th. Is that correct? Quote me pulling up the calendar here for you. The 22nd. There we go. Uh, so our next episode will be coming up on March the 22nd. Uh, we'll obviously have all the chips lay lay at our feet here of where teams have landed with uh, free agency and maybe all some fun trades to talk about uh, following the free agency market and stuff like that too. We'll, we'll see how see how accurate we were with some of our guesses. But uh, we'll talk soon here on this upcoming episode. But I guess anything to wrap up, fellas, here on, the, on this episode number 82? Yeah, I'd like to wish uh, a happy International Women's Day to all of our listeners out there um it's, it's a really cool time to be a football fan there's a lot of uh female uh coaches and members of management uh joining the league both the this nfl and cfl it's really neat to be around when the the leagues are making this this type of change um where even like five ten years ago uh it's completely unheard of to have a, a female on a, on a football staff um 
at all at the school that I work at, we're very lucky, very fortunate to have uh, two female uh, coaches on our on our staff, and um, it's it's really been a, a welcome addition as it makes uh, female players feel much more comfortable joining our team and and making us a better group of people all around. So uh, happy International Women's Day to, to all of you. Great shout out there, Zach. Appreciate that. Um, Armin, anything here from you before we wrap up episode 82? Hey, let's uh, keep an eye out on the free agency. Sometimes guys get moved and you don't even realize it till it's uh, too late. So make sure you're keeping a watchful eye on everything going on free agency wise for your dynasty rosters. And maybe you can pull the wool over somebody's eyes and capitalize on them, not understanding exactly the ramifications of something that happened to a player. Yeah. Speaking of armor, let's do some dynasty talks here after, uh, after the episode talking about yeah. rising. Right. Someone named Zach Strong needs to pay his uh, league safe so that uh, trades can open up. Am I the only one that hasn't paid? No, no I think there's a couple, but it's we'll... it's Drew, Jordan, and I are the only ones who have paid so far. Yeah, oh, shoot, I got I got time. Yeah, no, I, I I need to get a quarterback on my roster before free agency here. So let's get the ball moving. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. That'll do it for episode eighty-two. I'll uh, see you guys in two weeks. Let's talk soon.